when you are venturing into a new area um, or you have a product or a service, I kind of, uh, you know, I like to think about it in terms of um, does your product do or service do one of the five E's? Right. Does it um, elevate? Does it educate? Does it empower? Um, does it engage? Um, and then, what's the other? Did I say educate? Educate, yeah. entertain. <laughs> entertain. entertain. Yes. So those, those things actually are quite interesting for me because that's kind of how I had to crystallize my own thinking. Because although I'm a healthcare professional, but I was crossing over to entrepreneurship, but I think the two the two areas, you know, have a have a lot of common ground. And if you have a Venn diagram, you know, I, can, I think you, you kind of sit right there. So I thought if someone's coming in or I am coming into the other side, the crossing over, um, those are the things that I really. So my thing is that I am I am looking to en to engage. I'm looking to educate and I'm looking to empower. So if you've got, you know, some some of those E's that crystallizes the thinking. One of the other things, and I know you're passionate about this, is very early on, this is my advice, and I wish I had done this earlier, and I know you've, you've um, spoken about this before, is about mapping out your stakeholders. And that is a very, very important document to have, because mapping out your stakeholders, and I would go even deeper than what you have, um, what you and I have spoken about before. So you've got to map them out in terms of categories, in terms of how they like to be connected with, how often you need to connect with them, where they're located, although now we've got the beauty of, of Zoom, but back then, and um, you know, and how you engage them, what their impact on you is, what their um, influence is, and I've actually got a, a document that calculates their importance for me. So it's a formula where I put in their impact and their influence and it calculates a score for me. So then I know how to prioritize them. Um, can they block you? Okay, how they can support you. And when you're doing your stakeholder document, it's so important to bring in everybody around you. And that includes friends, that includes family, because these are the people that are going to, you know, actually keep you sort of afloat. So that's a really important document to have, the stakeholder document. And that needs to be checked, I think, for me on a daily basis. Mm. And in a way, I was working on that as well as working on myself, because you have to work on yourself as well on the business. So and um, the third thing that I wanted to talk about is combination of a business model canvas. I'm sure you know it. It's a one pager sort of management tool. And again, that's just really coherent and clear and that can also be changed on a daily basis, iterated and fixed. And um, last but not least, a sheet with or your KPIs, your key performance indicators. And that's also important because this gives you an overall 360 for me view of how the business is going and where I am as well, because where you are will dictate your next step. Mm. So those are definitely the things that I would recommend before anything else. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
when you're developing a new startup, uh, especially in the health sector, you're going to have to link up with the front door of the healthcare system. And in many parts of the world, that really means primary care. Now, oftentimes, most people think of primary care as the family doctor or the GP here in the UK, for example, but it actually includes more than that. It's the dentist, it's the optician, and indeed the pharmacist, of course. And that's why I'm really happy today to be joined by pharmacist entrepreneur who has, you know, I've met on Clubhouse and I have a lot of respect for. Hello, Busan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rose. And, um, this is, this is a lovely introduction and, you know, often we get missed when primary care and healthcare delivery and health, you know, um, members are, are, are mentioned. Pharmacies kind of sometimes get dropped, so I'm glad that I am here and I think I'm, I must be your first pharmacist interviewing. You are, you are absolutely, okay. yes, yeah. Right. Hopefully not the last. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's dive right in. I mean, what led you to become an entrepreneur as a pharmacist? Uh, that's a really good question and I think I often think about this question as being me revisiting those days those early days of thinking up um, the idea coming up with you know the, the, the thought process that I that led me to today so um, there's, there's one uh, short story behind it I was working in a in a community pharmacy in North London I was pregnant with my second daughter at the time and um, I'm very close to most of the patients that, you know, I've, I've served over the years. And um, somebody came in with her son who she suspected had chicken pox. She was very reluctant to um, come close to me because I was, I think, maybe seven months pregnant. Yeah. Um, and um, she kept saying, no, 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 please don't come out. Please, I don't want to see you. But I think he has chicken pox. So I said to her, listen, okay, so why don't you go home and we will do this consultation over the phone on FaceTime I'll give you my phone number and you'll call me but before you leave let me um, get you to buy some antihistamines and some other treatment for, for chicken pox or relief and then it, if it is chicken pox then you have the um, products at home if not then at least you'll have them for when he does get it. So it was all quite a nice seamless process. We did it over the phone and um, you know over FaceTime. And that was kind of the inception of my of this idea. I thought, how brilliant would it be for people to have a, a blend of a pharmacy, a high street standalone pharmacy, but also have access to that pharmacist online on a video consultation if need be, you know, so people may be working late or feeling unwell and so on. So that was how the idea came about. And simultaneously, I was actually listening to a guy called Brian Stevenson. So he's a civil rights uh, lawyer in the US. And um, he, amazing guy. He's, he's a subject of a film called Just Mercy. So I won't go into him, but uh, one of the, the TED Talks that he actually did was talking about, you know, the elements that are needed to affect change. Mm. So that to affect effective change, you have to be proximate. You have to change the narrative. You have to prepare to be uncomfortable and you have to remain hopeful. So that story plus this Brian Stevenson um, narrative made me think, why can't I be the Brian Stevenson of pharmacy? 
So that's how this platform came about. I love it. We need to see more people from all aspects of healthcare getting into entrepreneurship. Typically up to, up to now, it's mainly been doctors. Uh, I don't know why, to be honest, because nurses, pharmacists, opticians have every, you know, bit of skill and you're on the front lines, you know, so... Uh, I'm just curious, like you, you already touched on the problem that you were trying to solve, which is improving access uh, to people who are at home or at work to be able to consult with you, but also maybe have some access to the medicine. So, I mean, do you want to just elaborate on what uh, your startup is actually doing? So um, the, the thought process actually was about how, um, so I've been a pharmacist for 30 years, coming up to 30 years. And my thought process has been we have we've been dealing or, you know, wrestling with more or less the same problems over the years. So, you know, we're, you know, lots of consultations that happen in pharmacy are unrecorded, sometimes mm. unrecognized by other, you know, care settings. Um, it, it's a very much underutilized, you know, healthcare setting, community pharmacy, primary care setting. And there are lots of services that are delivered in community pharmacy that are unsupported. So enter Platforma, which is a, um, a, a blend of video consultations and e-commerce side, but there's also in the back end, there's a workflow um, and pharmacist specific solutions that I was keen to design so that uh, there are lots of solutions that encompass all healthcare, you know, video delivery and so on. But I wanted to make this specifically for pharmacists, for community pharmacists, because I know what happens behind closed doors. Right. And that's why I wanted to do that. And in the back end, there are lots of ways of recording all the outcomes. So every single touch point that you have with a patient goes unrecorded. So that data is, you know, walks out with the patient when they walk out to the door in their back pocket. And those are essentially saved primary care appointments they are outcomes that could actually lead to a, a patient um, you know uh, taking ownership of their own healthcare. but also we're very unique because we see people who are not living with long-term conditions we see people who are healthy and they're just you know really dealing with a minor self-limiting condition so we're in a very strong position to actually support that support that element of population health and augment that of understanding and level of um, health and well-being that people are seeking we can actually be the supporters of that by stocking the right you know niche products curated products to support patients so i think we are unique because by the time you see another person in the healthcare system there's something that you know needs fixing whereas we we have a, a usb that nobody else has and i'm proud of that no absolutely so, I mean, everything go ahead carry on no no so yeah so the the video consultation element will support a lot of the elements that i've just talked to you about there's an element of scheduling appointments so that the pharmacists can also you know manage their workflow through the day but in the back end is where the beauty is is where a lot of the solutions come with um you know pre-filled forms they're templates for pharmacists and at the moment, I'm also working in incorporating uh, what I call my three T's. So we were, we were looking to uh, translate some of the advice that we give to patients because, you know, for non-English speakers, I think that will be of good value. We're looking to transcribe some of the advice that we're giving on video consultations. And we're looking at ways to transmit 
that advice to a patient's device so they can have hold of it because if they haven't engaged in active listening during a consultation with the pharmacist then they will have the advice there to go back and listen to and keep communication for me is critical absolutely critical and you've often talked about how communication between gps pharmacists isn't often ideal yet it's so key you know this symbiotic relationship that you talk about in primary care so do you want to just explain what you mean and what the issues are well i i mean it's 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 a relationship that i have i would say actually go as far as saying i've grown up with because I, you know, being a pharmacist at age 21, you know, I've grown up sort of honing my skills and communicating with GPs and really working together and trying to build, as, I, as I've always said to you, and you've just repeated, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship because we, we all eventually have the same aim. We're aiming for the same thing. We're aiming to support that patient and we're aiming to, to issue the prescriptions on time, deliver the medicines on time, supply them, make sure that if anything is out of stock or is not, um, you know, available, then it gets changed and so on. So if we all, if we have that same focus and we have that same vision, then to me, it's a no brainer. We have to be working together. And sometimes I think where communication may break down between a pharmacist and a GP, the only loser there would be the patient. And I'm a really firm believer that patients should not really know, you know, the trouble. So like if you're having trouble at home, you know, in your relationship, and please, you know, I disclaimer, I'm not. Hello, husband. Um, <laughs> very happy. Um, but you sometimes, you just somehow, you just don't want, you know, the kids and the family and everybody else to know you kind of keep it. And, and that's how I feel. You know, I feel that whatever you know, turmoil and turbulence, or maybe slight disagreements that are happening, the patients shouldn't be suffering that, you know, the, um, the outcomes of those. So I think that that relationship needs to be really, really crystallized and, and, and nurtured and the pharmacists, and I know of so many examples of pharmacists who are working well with GP, but we're still not where we need to be. And I think there are pressures and, you know, the last 14 months have definitely not helped. But if we really, really get that relationship right and we really bounce off each of, of one another as a team. And there was a project that was done in Lewisham a few years ago. It's called Walk, Walk, Walk a Mile in My Shoes. And, you know, um, GP practice staff came to pharmacy and pharmacy went to GP practice. And it was just getting an insight into how that happens. One thing that I'm always really um, mindful of and advise all the, you know, the people that I mentor, I tutor in, in community pharmacy is never ever say to a patient that it's not my fault or the GP, never apportion blame to somebody else. That's, That's where I've been going very wrong. Important, very important aspects of things so and i think um we we need to understand the outcome of for the patient you want it to be a positive outcome so you you want the patient to get their medicines just in time the right doses the right quantities and i like syncing medicines together so if a patient has been you know introduced to a new medicine for instance i like to work with gps so that we can sync the quantities so that patient has 
you know, and it improves adherence, it improves compliance, mm -hmm. and, you know, it also improves the patient's um, loyalty to the pharmacy, because we're GPs, obviously, are registered with them, but we want to build loyalty in pharmacy, and that's one of the key things that I always think is a problem, because patients don't register with pharmacies, so they can hop around between different pharmacies, but you've got to give them reason to come to you and stay with you, and you know, uh, admire the work that we do because it really is admirable. I could tell you that uh, experience. So, I guess, yeah. Hala, I've got one final question before we, you know, go to our live audience here in Clubhouse uh, to, you know, to be able to ask you some questions too. But I'm just very curious if we define that as a problem, you know, poor communication, and there could be multiple reasons for that. Some of it could just be the ability to hop on a call immediately when you need them rather than waiting on the end of a line, you know? Um, so I'm just curious if you, for the benefit of the entrepreneur watching or listening, if as an entrepreneur, you want to tackle that problem to make not only the lives of the patients better and safer, but also make the lives of the GP and the pharmacist better, how would you go about finding a solution to that problem? I mean, I, I, I think some of the some of the things that have happened recently is a slight disconnect between the pharmacy systems and the GP systems, for starters. So interoperability would be my number one recommendation. So whatever it is that you're designing uh, or building, always make sure that there is a level of inter interoperability with the GP surgery because you don't want to be given extra work or extra paperwork or steps to do and uh, GP practices definitely don't want that. So that's one thing. And I think if you if if some of the services are really designed and, and co-designed and built between pharmacists and GPs, that would be another amazing step to do. So facilitating some kind of communication platform between mm. the two, that would be key. Because at the moment we have a service that's called Community Pharmacy Consultation Service, and that's supposed to be referrals from GPs to pharmacies for minor ailments and for patients to buy the products. And that's one of the services that I'm aiming to support with Platpharma, because they can then conduct that service on a video call and then go on to purchase a product from the pharmacy if need be. And that's all recorded and the data is there and stored for the pharmacist locally. So, and um, another thing that I think would be really important would be, you know, designing something, for instance, that would have um, cost effectiveness and clinical effectiveness for both sectors. I think that's a really important thing. And another um, maybe item that I would look at is something that would align with the current agenda for um, STPs, um, ICSs, so integrated care systems, PCN, primary care networks, because these are all the systems that are going to bring community pharmacy in. And I think facilitating that relationship and finding some kind of solution that would help the GP, the pharmacist and the patient, that triangle, would be amazing. So a way of maybe tracking prescriptions. I'm bringing voice tech in, but if somebody else can bring voice tech into um, into the, the the but mainly interoperability. That would be one of the things that would just really be the you know will crack the crack the next 
level of communication between the two. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Hala. I guess um, final, final words from you perhaps and how could uh, you know those who are listening or watching maybe reach out to you? Well, before I say that, I was actually, the only thing that I was expecting you to ask me is, tell us one thing that other people don't know about you. And I was really excited. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Please. Yeah, because we asked Barry Schreier that last time. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. I I recently took up Taekwondo again after 35 years of being off. So again, and uh, because I got to yellow belt previously, apparently that's been honored. So I will, uh, I will be a yellow belted Taekwondo at age 51. And nice. then I'm going for my grading. I'm going all the way to black belt. So that's one thing a lot of my friends and my family haven't found out about it yet. Now they know. <laughs> I love it. No, thank you so much, Hala. I appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. My final words is that, you know, I think um, anybody who's listening, these types of events are really, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're key to the next steps. They are going to help you you know, really crystallize your, your goal, amplify it, uh, freeze it, keep it, you know, alive. And uh, these types of sessions that you run, and I'm grateful to be here, as you know, uh, Feroz, are, you know, are the stepping stones that people do need. A lot of people who are on this journey, they need these types of events and these types of interviews. And I listen to every one of yours. Oh, yes, and, uh, thank you. They are much, much needed. And I think it's, the value of this will be recognized maybe looking back you know when you join the dots and you realize that some of these events have been of great value so thank you for doing them and thank you for inviting me and appreciate it's always it. a pleasure being likewise likewise